You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck. Podcast dedicated to Montreal football, presented by Sport Buff. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with the Maharaja of Mini Putt, Cliffy D. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> so, um, do you actually live up to that? That not even a little. <laughs> and, and my friends and colleagues will be the first to tell you that no, this guy should you know should not be anywhere near a mini golf course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but get- hey, I, I'm still counting it as being outdoors, getting fresh air, and exercise. Yes, totally counts. Are you allowed to have any liquid beverages while you're playing, or is that kind of frowned upon? It's not like real golf. I mean, it's mini putt, but well, no, I mean it's not necessarily frowned upon. But uh, you know, we decided <laughs> to save that for afterwards for the trophy presentation. Yeah. We decided to, you know, that would be the time. That's probably the more appropriate time to be having adult beverages, right? So. so, what do you get then if you're not the Maharaja? What do you get for a for a participation trophy? Laughed at, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't show that off to all your friends. You only you're only able to. Keep all those feelings buried inside and tell you all of a sudden it just comes out or you have to have to see a therapist. Well, uh, maybe one day. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is your therapy. Maybe. You know, like sometimes I, I do feel so much better getting uh, getting on the air, so to speak, and just – Letting it all out. I mean, normally it's in the form of a conversation about the Montreal Alouettes and what they've done on the field or yes. off the field. Yes. But, uh, you know, I usually walk away from this podcast feeling relieved and, you know, feeling feeling like I've accomplished something. So, yeah, maybe in a sense this is my therapy. That's good. That's good because, you know, I would really feel uncomfortable if we had to, had to continuously talk about your green balls. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> So if you were to start, okay, you know what? If you're, we're, since we seem to be on a roll and we're, we're sort of into something, so if we if this were to be a therapy session, you know, and you're relying on that couch there, well, no, it can't be a couch. It, oh, it is a, it is, it, it's like, um, uh, it's like Marcia over in BC. It's that football couch. Like, oh yeah, that little, uh, little, that little childlike seat. Yes, shaped yeah. like a football. Yes, yeah. exactly. So you're you were on that. And we're mm-hmm. to talk about what happened this Saturday. How would, you know, Cliff, how are you feeling today? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> you know, I feel like we've accomplished something here. I, I feel like we've made inroads. You know, there's some strange, exciting things happening. And I just need to embrace it. I need to embrace this, this inner child within me that wants to see the Alouettes go out there and kick someone in the face. <laughs> And it feels good. It feels so good to be able to feel that and to be able to experience it. And I'm so glad that I had you along for the ride to witness such an event. I know. I know. And you know what? Even though you're able to to feel better after this episode and this podcast is free, uh, your bill will still be in the mail. Um, 
That's fair. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the game itself, I mean, you know, a lot, there, there's been a lot of talk about the Alouette schedule this year, how some team, you know, you know, who is it that doesn't play Winnipeg at all this year? Is it? That would be Ottawa. It's uh, Yeah. And we play them four times. Um, yeah, a lot of people are, you know, some people have said that, you know, it, it, A, it's not fair, uh, and others, and other comments, whatever they may be. And, and I've said from day one that I said that if the Alouettes were to get in, in order for the Alouettes to get into the playoffs, or at least have a possible chance at being in first place, they need to take advantage of these games because you and I both know being, you know, fans of uh, football in particular, it is very hard to beat a team, you know, twice in a year, not necessarily, not necessarily even harder for three times in a year. And we got them, we'll have them four times once the last game comes at the end of the year. What, what's, what is your thought? Do you think that people, when people are seeing this team and knowing, and knowing that three of our wins, three of our five wins are versus Ottawa so far, is this giving. See, uh, giving Alouette fans a false sense of security, a false sense of hope, a false is it is it misleading fans on how good this team currently is? I don't think so. I mean, the schedule is what the schedule is. I mean, we didn't write it. Uh, Alouette's fans didn't write it. I right. mean, you know what? What if the uh, the uh, the Red Blacks were the class of the league, and we still managed to beat them? Would that change? Would, 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 would we still be dealing with this narrative? I don't think so. And and the thing is, we have to do that. The Owls will have to do that. We have, you know, we have Winnipeg back to back coming up in three weeks. Now, the one thing that I, I was looking at that, and I mean, I think Winnipeg can pretty much sew up the Western Division, I think, with a win on this weekend, on Saturday. In which case, they're going to be resting a lot of their starters or one would think that they'd be resting a lot of their starters. So maybe those two games may not be such, uh, you know, foregone conclusions for Alouettes fans. I mean, who well, knows? I'm not, I mean, I'm not it, taking any conclusion anyways. I think they're going to be great. I, I, I expect them to be great games. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, Cliffy let's, not forget, let's not forget something here, Tim. Yeah. We beat the Elks. Yes. And that was, you know, a very dominant win and people were st- that was back when people were expecting the Elks to be a very competitive, if not one of the best football teams out in the West. Right. And, and that was and also that was, at the time that the Elks had our, had our backup quarterback. Right. <laughs> Which we'll get to. And then, yes, we, we beaten the red blacks three times and then we beat the Hamilton tiger cats who were in, were very much in first place or close to or tied for first, if I'm not mistaken, when they beat them. Yeah. Does that like, what does that say about the Alouettes then? Like, I mean, like this this whole narrative about who, you know, who have they beaten or are they as good as expected or what? I mean, I, I say I've said it before and I'll say it again. You are what your record says you are. Yeah. Right now, the Alouettes are one game over five hundred. Yep, and uh, one game out of first place. Exactly. So, and let's not forget too. Like you, you look at in reality, this team should actually have a much better record because. They just barely lost to Calgary. They just barely lost to Toronto at BMO Field. Barely lost to, yeah, it's true. A couple of bounces here and there. Barely I mean, lost to Calgary. 
I'll even go so far as to say that the the home opener against the the Tiger Cats that was a winnable game too for Montreal. It was just a matter of they beat themselves more than anything else. Yeah, I, I mean, like a couple of bounces here and there, and we could be talking about a team that's far far better than a five and four team. We could be even be talking about a team that's seven and two yeah. potentially. I mean, I think there's only two games where they flat out sucked and didn't deserve to win. The rest. Like I said, a couple of bounces here and there, and we could be talking about a seven and two football team, probably in first place in the East, and you know, definitely silencing a lot of critics. It's fa- it's a fair assessment. It's a fair assessment. Now, looking looking at the game this week, by the way, I'm trying to remember the last. I I love having Saturday afternoon games. Uh, you know, weather aside, and it was a little bit chillier than the last time that we went. You know, actually, you know, different than it was. You know, uh, almost ten days ago on Thanksgiving. Um, this game was different in itself being that, you know, Matthew Schultz was getting his, his third career start for the Alouettes. So well, career CFL start, they all happen to all be with the Owls and, you know, a, 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 an Ottawa team that I, I, I could, I could say that they, they outplayed, almost outplayed us last week. Going into this game, you know, same quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, what what did you take from this game? I mean, the Owls did win 27-16. Uh, totally, I wouldn't say dominated the, the, the game itself. They dominated the first half. It looked like it was going to be another, you know, another uh, Labor Day game, Labor Day weekend game at first. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense did absolutely amazing in this game, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. What were your What were your takeaways from this game itself, other than freezing our butts off uh, for the players bust at the end of the game. (laughs) Well, uh, honestly, the one thing I, what I wanted to see was just what Matthew Schultz was going to do in his third career start, whether he was going to continue what he started on Thanksgiving day when he came in in relief of Vernon Adams, or was it going to be a repeat performance of what we saw in 2019, where he'd go in and he'd play okay, but then other things would come apart. The other aspects of the game would fall apart and he'd end up taking a loss. And I think a lot of people were expecting that too. A lot of people really truly slept on Matthew Schiltz and I'm glad they did because they got shown. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he played a great game. He did exactly what needed to be done to get the W. I mean, he wasn't perfect. Let's, let's not, you know, let's not get it twisted. He was not, he was far from perfect, but everything he did, he did with precision. Every move he made was done correctly. He did everything that he had to do in order to help get this win. Mm-hmm. You know, he found his receivers. He leaned heavily on Cameron Artis Payne to run the rock. Uh, he even did a little scamper himself, scoring himself as touchdown in the process. I mean, yep. he did everything that a leader should do. He did everything that a starting quarterback is expected to do in the Canadian Football League. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he passed the test. He even pulled off a a Vernon Adams type uh, of play, where he looked like he was going to run, had the wits about him to know where that the line of scrimmage was, and was able to whip the ball to the Alouettes wide receiver and make positive yards. Mm-hmm. So he did everything. Now there were a lot into this. There's a lot into this game because you know going into the game we thought we were going. It was going to be a one-two punch of William Stanbeck and Cameron Artis Payne. And this is a, this is a question that we posed to uh, to Matthew Schultz after 
after the game itself, uh, while we were talking to him, social distancing, social distanced, is that, you know, I, I can imagine because, you know, it came out, I think it was just about an hour before the game. Well, just just more, just more than that, about maybe two hours before the game started. It came over the, you know, came over social media that uh, William Stanbeck was out with food poisoning. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I'm sure that may have thrown the game plan for a loop, considering that you and I were both pretty well certain that it was going to be run the rock, run the rock, run the rock, and right. then throw some stuff in between. Yeah. So we don't know if there's going to be as much passing as there was, but. But still, when you when you heard that, what were your initial thoughts? Because I was I think the outlets put it out, I put it out on social media, et cetera. But what were your thoughts when you ended up hearing that that uh, Stambik was going to be out? Well, my first thought was, what dirty freaking food was he eating in Ottawa that <laughs> you know made him sick? Yeah. Like, and let me know so I can avoid that place. Uh, you know, because I, I I've you know I'll, I'll go to Ottawa every now and again, and like I said, uh, you know, we were there. Labor Day weekend, and we were there this past Saturday, you know, so, you know, we, we like Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So whatever the heck he ate, I mean, just let us know which restaurant so we could stay the hell away from there. Yeah. But, you know, as, as soon as we found out what was going on, that uh, it was just going to be Cameron Artist Payne, like, okay, that had to have changed the the directive a little bit for for Matthew Schultz and the Alouettes offense. But now, now we're going to see a lot more passing as far as I'm concerned. I'm like, great. You know what? Again, this is part of the test. This yeah. is how you – it's part of leadership is how do you handle adversity and make no mistake about it. Not having the CFL's leading rusher in the lineup is very much adversity, but how do you, how do you respond to it? Yeah. You, 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 you lean on the guy that's there. Cameron artist pain. You have Jeshwin Antwi who can also run the rock pretty well himself. And worst case scenario, you go for a little run yourself. You, you take a nice little 22-yard scamper to the end zone, and you score yourself a touchdown. I mean, it's just a matter of you react the most positive way possible. You 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 find the positive in a situation, and you make it work. You you work your plan. Mm-hmm. You plan your work, and you work your plan. Yeah. And I think that's what Matthew Shields did this past Saturday, and the results speak for itself. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, just, uh, just, I guess, just to to get it out there. Um, you know, Schilt, you know, 21 of 34, 61%. And once it was a little bit lower than that, but still 61%, 281 yards, an interception, which... Uh, that was ill-advised. Yeah, yeah that, that one was just ill-advised. But, you know, you know, give, give props to the... Uh, give props to the defender, though. Uh, and and one touchdown. Um, and what a touchdown. Oh, the yeah. absolute beauty to Jake Winicky. And in double coverage. In double coverage, no less. And how many times have we seen Vernon Adams make that throw and it gets picked off? I mean, once is too many, but, uh, you know, and, you know, I, that was my concern was you make a, a total gunslinger move like that. It either if it pays off, it's great. If it doesn't, it sucks. And even we, like, I, I think all of us were kind of holding our breath to see like, okay, was it picked off? Is it a touchdown? What happened? Sure enough, as soon as Winnicky emerged with the ball in his hands. Yeah, we weren't sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It's just, wow, what a touchdown. It, was, it just, wasn't the Gino. It wasn't the Gino playing in Hamilton, but, man, it was it, I, I, it was up there. It, oh, yeah, absolutely. And touchdown Jake, man. I mean, he, he he's, man, 
the ball is just attracted to him. It just it's drawn to him like a moth to a flame. Yeah. It's it's so wonderful to see. I mean, eight touchdown catches he's had this year to yeah. lead the league. And I think that's four incredible. Straight, four straight games with a catch. Mm-hmm. I think I think if I'm not mistaken, the the next person with the most catches only has four. I'd have to check. check like that's that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, like like TD Jake, man, like he is doing the thing. The fact that he's not a household name yet in the Canadian Football League, he has to be, and I'm sure by by season's end, he is going to be that guy. He's going to be up there. In fact, I'll go so far as to say that as far as like the most outstanding player for the Montreal Alouettes, you have to throw his name into that mix. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that one. <clears throat> Jake, uh, seven receptions on 11 targets, 114 yards and a touchdown. Uh, by the way, I like I like Julian Grant's uh, average one catch, one target for fifty five yards. By the way, uh, <laughs> can't beat that a hundred percent, man. <laughs> yep, uh, BJ Cunningham two receptions, thirty three yards. Eugene Lewis five receptions, fifty five yards. Quan Bray four receptions, twenty six yards. Uh, and can't forget about it. we were talking about Cameron Artis Payne before nineteen carries, eighty three yards. You know, four point four average. You know, this isn't this. You know. William Stambeck averages probably about a yard more per game. I'm sorry, a yard more per rush. But he has been a he's been a, he's been a great backup in what we need for a, a running back with uh, Stanback, you know, out with an injury and then out with food poisoning. So, mm-hmm. and, I mean, and, and, and then Schultz too. Schultz was able to get 22 yards. So, it's all about making most of your opportunities, like both Cameron Artis Payne and Matthew Schultz. Are, were presented with opportunities to step up and be the man. And I'd say both of them have definitely done that over the past two games. Mm-hmm. We had to talk about the defense, obviously, Cliff, before we get, you know, really talk about anything else, because this defense, this defense, wow. And, and we only heard some of these stats after the fact because they, and we knew they were doing well, but I would, you know, 10 sacks when I first, when I last, when I originally heard that number, I was like, what? <laughs> I guess I lost count or maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't, uh, count the sack in the end zone for a safety or a, or something like that because that that's crazy. So the Alouettes, they, it was a team record tying 10 sacks, uh, the most of any CFL team since Ottawa had it, would you believe, the same amount, August 30th of 2015 versus Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah, it tied, their, it tied their team record that was set on October 5th, 1986. Incredible. Oh, and here's one quick other set from the league. Since 1980, road teams have had only 10 plus, uh, 10 plus sacks just seven times. <laughs> they they so, did yeah. dominate. Without and that question. and interceptions and... and <laughs> Turnovers of plenty. Yeah. I mean, I mean the Elwoods put the wood to the Red Blacks. There is no question about it. This defense came to play, and they were fired up. And you, you saw Dar- Baron Miles, he was dealing out there. Mm-hmm. Like, the place he was calling, he was just, he knew he was going, he already saw these guys a few days earlier. So he pretty much knew what to expect out of out of this uh, Red Blacks team. And he just, he just brought the heat. Yeah, they did. Each I think they every changed, time. They changed the mentality, too. It's, you know. There were a few hiccups, but you know what, what Ottawa was doing, a couple of things, but I mean, nah, the, the Owls just, just had it really from, from the get-go. I mean, from, from the first point when they were up 12 nothing, it got close there, but you know, the, Owls, the Owls just coasted. Mm-hmm. No, that's the thing. Like they, they did all their scoring pretty much in the first half, 
and just you know went into prevent as far as I was concerned for the for the second half. But even then, they were still racking up the stats defensively. I mean, like I said, they 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 put together a very good game plan against these Red Blacks, and I know they were playing a couple of rookie quarterbacks, uh, and basically they ate their lunch. Simple as that. I mean, Caleb Evans basically absorbed six of the 10 sacks Mm -hmm. that Ottawa's quarterbacking duo injured that day. It was just absolutely incredible. I mean, like this, this defense has really come alive, Uh, man. So much fun to watch. I mean, it's just, just incredible. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, you know, uh, got a fumble recovery, um, you know, three interceptions, just a just a great day overall for for the Alouettes defense and and I, th- I think they limited uh, it was a limited uh, Ottawa to it was eighty five yard I think it was eighty five yards in the second half I think that's what it was mm-hmm. um sorry excuse me forty eight net yards and five first downs in the second half and one field goal I think yeah and just three points. But that, you know, that second half really, I think it, it did concern me a little bit. I mean, the Owls were up, you know, uh, you know, 25-13 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that that three points, by the way, still I don't think should have been because the Alouettes that were out of, the, out of you know, uh, challenges and couldn't challenge that catch, which really, anyways, is what it is. The Owls got the win, but still. Um, I, I'm more miffed about the fact that uh, once again, uh, quarterback safety is not a concern uh, when it comes to the Montreal Alouettes uh, as far as the CFL command center goes. Because, yeah, they got one right. They got one right. Yeah, one. But uh, I'm sorry, but uh, by the letter of the law, Schultze got hit by you know he it was a it was roughing the passer. It was. Yeah, I and, don't know what uh, you know, and and what frustrates me is that usually. CFL ops will put something on why something wasn't called something on on Twitter. They didn't put anything about that play, so we don't know what the reasoning was. No, it's just it was nonsense. And I'm sorry, like you, know, like I said, and we've seen it before. We we we've seen numerous instances where you get if there's contact with the helmet of of the quarterback, even if it's incidental or anything like that, they throw the flag. They call roughing the passer. Yeah, that wasn't the case. Nope. No, it was not. And and again, uh, you know, Kahari was. I don't think he was quite as mad as he was when it happened to Vernon Adams with Abdul Kenna and that hellacious hit. wasn't quite as angry about that, but you know, it was definitely worth another look. And quite frankly, like it, it burns me just how much that the CFL command center can make their decisions and not ha- be held accountable for it. Yeah, it's true. Like and- there's there's no transparency. There's no. You know, no way for people to really truly know how they've come to the conclusion that they did. And I would say the exact same thing if the shoe was on the other foot. If Montreal committed the same atrocity, you know, I'd you know, you want you, you just want to be consistent. More than anything else is just be consistent. If it's roughing the passer, it's roughing the passer. If it's not, it's not. Fine, whatever. Just you make the rules. You have to enforce them, no matter what. Otherwise, what's 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 the point? No, I agree. I agree. I mean, we, we've, we've talked about this in the past. We've talked about how other football leagues would bring the viewers into the into the review booth to at least, ex, you know, try and get some sort of perspective as to where the officials are making these decisions from. 
the fact that the CFL still doesn't do that is ludicrous. I mean, we and, certainly don't expect the NFL, NFL to do NFL it. NFL too, but, by the way. I wish the NFL did it all. So. Oh, uh, absolutely. Like it's just NFL and CFL for whatever reason. Just I don't know what they're afraid of. I don't know what they're what they're hiding. But uh, the idea that they can't uh, seem to make this make this a thing. Yeah. Claim it's technology. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> As I say, excuses are like buttholes. Everybody has one, and they all stink. <laughs> um, any any concerns for you concerning this game? I mean, but you know, it was nice to have the Alouettes hold the ball for thirty six minutes this time around and win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was nice this time around. Uh, Not to mention winning the turnover battle yes, and winning. Yeah, that too. Uh, for me, concerns I think would be penalties again. Nine of them for ninety yards. Not as many yard uh, as many yards, but still, I think they're averaging one of the highest in the league uh, when it comes to penalties per game. Those still need to be fixed, um, and it just seems to be, you know, different per per uh, per week where most of them are occurring. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm looking at them here, and there were quite a few offsides calls. For the Owls, I'm looking at here. One, two. Uh, that that one didn't make any sense. You know, third quarter, it was all Montreal penalties, Cliff. All mm-hmm. Montreal penalties. And add them up. 15, 10, 15, 10, 10. You do the math. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, for me, my biggest concern, once again, is special teams. Mm-hmm. There were a few times where I thought Devontae Dedman was going to break one off for a touchdown. Yeah. And it was just shoddy, shoddy tackling before he got hurt. Before he got hurt, but yes, before, yes, I, I will say, that, yeah, because yeah. yeah, in the second quarter he did go down to injury and he was out for the rest of the game, and uh, it's apparently still not looking good for him. Uh, but uh, there's at least a few times where Ottawa ended up with some incredible field position, only to turn the ball over and give it back to Montreal. Mm-hmm. But uh, or if they were lucky, get a field goal out of it. But I mean. Like I said, Devontae Dedman has burned this Alouettes team before, back in 2019. Like, he torched Montreal for not one but two kickoff returns or punt returns for touchdowns. Yep, I remember. And, you know, he was threatening to do it again. I mean, and Montreal's tackling. Like, I, there are times where I swear to God, I think these guys think they're playing two-hand touch. I'm like, no, you've got to wrap your guy up and put him on the ground. Yeah, don't try to shoulder tackle him. That, that t- tackle him. I mean, come on. No, or throwing your rear end at a guy and hoping that's good enough to <laughs> knock him down. This isn't hockey. No. This exactly. isn't hockey. <laughs> like, you got to tackle. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know how much special teams work has done during the week, but my goodness. I mean, like, just, it's okay to tackle, guys. Like, you're allowed. And there's a couple of times where I thought uh, Zemo was going to have to, you know, th- you know, throw down. But, you know, and I think actually one, I think he ended up did making one, one tackle that ended up, you know, if he didn't do it, then uh, Deadman was going to the house. Yeah. But. By, by the way, that that was another change too. By the way, which we you and I didn't notice, Zima was was holding the ball. He was he was the he was he was the he was on kicks. Yep. Since Schultz, he was uh, since he's a starter. Since he was a starter. starter. So, um, to me, second half I think was my, another worry for me scoring. I understand that it did rain right at the end of the first half. Um, I think it really hurt Ottawa more than it did us, but it just seemed that our offense, you know, you know, even though Ottawa had only as many yards as they did in the second half, we, we couldn't have been much better. 
I would, I would, just not scoring in the second half and it will only getting a safety. That that's the thing that really concerned me. But it, but it may have been because of the of the weather conditions because it did rain, you know, light rain through. I think most of the third quarter. For the most part, I mean, there were times where it was coming down in sheets, and boy, were we ever thankful to be sitting in on the north side where they have that giant overhang. So, like, we were bone dry, but uh, anyone sitting on the south side, they they got soaked, and the players too were were looking a little uh, waterlogged as well. So, I mean, it's uh, it could have very much played a factor in, in in how you do this. I mean, as I said, it it really did feel like the second half was just you know coasting by, like you know, still playing at a very good level, but. Offensively, it definitely felt like they kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit. And you know, when you're when you're up by a considerable amount and your opponent is just, you know, turning the ball over or just unable to really get any sort of rhythm going, then you know, you sort of get lackadaisical in that sense as well. So I mean, it's not so, it's not a recipe you'd want to follow each and every game, but you know, maybe they just figured, okay, well, we just played these guys like a few days ago. We kind of know what to expect out of them. Right. I mean, they they are who they are, and you know, I think it's just more of a matter of just let's get out of here with the win and not get hurt in the process. And, you know, by and large, they did that. They they managed to walk out of Ottawa relatively unscathed. Yeah, that's that's true. And, you know, it's again, things things could be different. There have been some other interesting, you know, um, things across that have come across the wire concerning injury reports and stuff like that, which we'll be talking about in the Toronto preview. But yeah, I just, consistency is necessary for the upcoming game versus Toronto. That's all I can say. So, No, without question. And I think, I'm hoping that we're going to see that. I think uh, now Matthew Schultz, he got that monkey off his back. He finally got that first W. He was able to prove that he can lead a football team in the Canadian Football League. I think just now that he's gotten that out of the way, he, you know, he popped his cherry, so to speak. Like he, he's gotten out, he's gotten over that. <laughs> yeah. Now he can just focus on winning. Now he can just focus on doing his job without, you know, any sort of distractions or anything like that. Like he can just focus on the fact that he is the Alouette starting quarterback. And as far as I'm concerned, has earned every single opportunity to continue to be the Alouette starting quarterback. Yeah, no, I agree. Despite what happened this weekend. Despite what happened and will be, yeah, and that, that's some other things that we'll talk about too. Hey, by the way, it just and it, this really isn't really game-related in itself, but remember how, you know, it's funny, for the, very, for the two games that TSN 690 has had to broadcast, originally had to broadcast online, both the games get moved to CJAD, and both the games the Owls win. <laughs> yep, yep. So, as, you know, as as we mentioned before, that you know, twice this year that the Alouettes are supposed to have the games broadcast online only over at TSN six ninety dot ca, but again, for whatever reason, trouble streaming the game online and it being shifted to CJAD. So I'm you know. I'm glad it's still on terrestrial radio. That's all I care about. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, maybe I wonder if it's, that's just what it is. It's just they're still afraid in 2021 that people don't want to be streaming on strictly on the internet. Like it's not to mention too the fact that whether well, the game's on TSN 690 or CGAD, both of those stations have online media players that you can quote unquote stream from. 
Right, 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 right. But I, you know what I mean. It's not an actual just just a streaming game in itself. No, I, I. But I also wonder too if maybe it's just having that backing of okay, we gotta have an actual radio. It's gotta be on an actual honest to goodness radio station for it to I, seem I legitimate. I don't. Well, you know what? Considering that uh, CF Montreal has had to do the same thing this year, and I don't know if they've had the same issues. I, I don't know. I, I understand your point. I would love to go by that thought process, but I, I think this is just technology just not working. But but in 2021, you'd I think, mean, like, you'd think. like, I agree. It's like, and it's, it's like every Sunday I'm able to, if I want to, I can go on to, you know, onto, onto serious, serious XM and, and listen to this, you know, listen to my Steelers play on a dedicated serious XM station. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm not watching on TV, it, but it's on terrestrial, you know, still on terrestrial t- uh, radio in Pittsburgh, right? Or so. again, as far as streaming goes, like you know, people want to. I think maybe it could just be a matter of if you're going to be streaming, quote unquote, you want to actually see what's going on. You want it to be visual, not just audio. So maybe that may have a fact. Maybe playing a factor into it as well. I don't know. No, no. Uh, before we talk about the the upcoming news and, and obviously the big game uh, for first place with the Toronto Argonauts, uh, I want to remind everybody that we are on social media. Uh, you can find us over at uh, Alouette's FL Deck on Twitter. You can find Cliff over at, at Cliffy D, and you can find myself at Repact, R-E-P-P-A-C-T. Uh, if you haven't missed any of the past episodes, including, by the way, you know, uh, the episode that we had last week... Um, uh, with David Arsenault from RDS, it's still a great listen. It seems to be a very, very popular, actually, from what we've seen and the numbers that we've seen. But if you happen to miss it, uh, you can catch up on all of our archive uh, podcasts over at alouettesflightdeck.ca. Uh, and also do not forget about our other places. You can go to Instagram, which we're trying to get up, still trying to do, uh, Facebook, um, our uh, each of our accounts over at uh, iLily. Um, listen to our 15 second, 15 second blurbs about the Alouettes. And there are, are other places also too, that people can listen to us, right Cliff? Absolutely. I, for, first and foremost, you can definitely find the Alouettes flight deck on YouTube. All you have to do is just search for Alouettes flight deck and you'll be brought up to a whole bunch of episodes that you can check out. Uh, uh, once again, folks, I got to remind you, please, if you are going to go check out the Alouettes flight deck on YouTube, make sure you leave a like, make sure you subscribe to the channel. And I, I can't say this enough. Like, once we get to 100, we have an absolutely amazing prize that we want to give away to everyone. So please help us get our subscribers up so we can get our own URL on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd still rather just listen to the podcast on your favorite platform, you can do so. I mean, we're on You can pretty do much both. Every- you can still like us on YouTube and go ahead, head over and go over to other, other ways, uh, other aggregates, right? Absolutely. I mean, and l- let's face it, anywhere where you can listen to a podcast – Chances are, if you type in Alouette's Flight Deck in the search box, mm-hmm. more than likely you're going to find us there. And we're on all the major platforms. So, you know, once again, you know, f- feel free to subscribe, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, show us the love, give us a good commentary. If you got some, you know, constructive criticism, by all means, send it our way as well. I mean, good, bad, we'll take it. We we want to hear from you. If there's ways we can improve the show, by all means, let us know. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. We're here to entertain and inform you folks. And the only way we can get better is if you let us know what we're doing wrong. So by all means, and if we're doing things right, then let us know that too, so that we'll keep doing what we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
Let me think. Oh, and just just a quick teaser for everybody for next week's show. Thanks to our our, our presenting sponsor, Sport Buff, we will be having another giveaway. So stay Ooh. tuned. Make sure you tune in for that for for that next episode. There you go, folks. If you want that Alouette swag, you uh, you should be tuning in. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell everybody. Yeah. Tell them to check out the Alouette's Flight Tech, and uh, you just may walk away with some pretty killer gear. Exactly. All right. So the big news. Obviously, you know, the game itself finishes. We had heard, you know, with Vernon going down in in the press, you know, Danny Machoch is like, you know, I'm not actively looking for a, for another quarterback. Usually when you hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Montreal. When it comes to Montreal sports teams, if they say they're not going to do something, that means they're going to do something. Yeah, especially that. Um, it comes across the wire on Sunday. Less than tw- I think it was less than 24 hours since the game was played. Mm-hmm. The news comes out that the Alouettes had acquired former Elks quarterback Trevor Harris. Mm-hmm. And in exchange for him, we only, we only, I'm saying that I'm specifically, we only gave away, gave up American defenseman, uh, defensive end Antonio Simmons, who had, I think has been hurt for the past two games. Mm-hmm. Um, my first reaction, first and foremost was, Thank God we didn't give a, give away any other <laughs> first round draft picks, considering this was a you know a pretty big name quarterback. But I'm guessing his stock had sort of uh, soured. Oh, yeah. It had yeah had, had soured based on uh, I don't know it, because he he was on he was the third stringer. Uh, there might have been an issue between him and then their GM. Uh, no, depends on who you believe. Maybe it was because of a vaccination issue. I don't know. But we now have Trevor Harris as currently our backup quarterback. Well, not quite yet. Technically, technically, because he's, he, he's still technically in quarantine. Yes, hasn't had a chance to take the field. He will not be dressing this Friday against the Argos. No, Shea, Shea Patterson will still be the backup quarterback for the Alouettes at least this Friday. Yeah, Shea, Shea did good on his one uh, short short. Was I think just it came in on, on one short yard play, right? Was this one? When uh, did he came in on? He did not come in. No, I thought he. I thought he did at least one. Am I wrong? Mm, I mean, nope. totally. I guess I'm totally wrong. Anyways, I digress. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So, no, Shea Patterson, if he's going to see any action, it would be this coming Friday. Uh, it will not be Trevor Harris. Uh, we will probably see Trevor Harris uh, suit up, though, versus the Saskatchewan Rough Riders next, or I guess in, I guess it would be October 30th, not this coming Saturday, but the next Saturday. Right. That's when we'll pr- more than likely see the debut of Trevor Harris in an Alouette's uniform. Yes. Yes. Uh, thoughts. Which is which is understandable because also too, in addition to being in quarantine, he just got to Montreal on Tuesday. So I mean, like two days is hardly enough time to even think about learning all of the plays and everything like oh, that. So, what um, cliff? I, I know where you're going with this. Huh? I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. <laughs> Let it out. Oh, but cliff, wasn't this the same team? Well, not the same 
front office, but wasn't this the same team that happened to start a certain someone by the name of Johnny Football after how many days of being on the team after being traded to Montreal from Ottawa, uh, from Hamilton? Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't start, and he was, well, he was dressed. He was dressed. They trotted him out there in a uniform, but he did not see the field, thank God. No, that that just but, gave that just gave the asshole fans enough time to say we want Johnny. Yeah, like, and these are the same fans that uh, now love Vernon Adams, but they were you know ready to throw him out. They were the, disrespecting you know, Vernon in that start. Yes, one hundred percent. And you know those fans, quite frankly, can go suck a lemon. You know because yeah. you know look, look what's happened now. I mean, thank God Vernon Adams was able to get past such nonsense and become the leader that we knew always knew that he could be. And beyond. Yeah. So now I, I'm but. just I am just glad it seems to be we, that we have a head coach who knows the right thing to do. And this is the right thing to do. You know, I'm very surprised we have. But I understand the reasoning because he is a you know, Trevor Harris is a uh, he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. He played OK part, you know, for part of the year. He just fell on hard times, as they went, and no matter what the other issues were. But again, as I mentioned in my eye, Lily earlier this week, this is this this is Matthew Schiltz's team. Matt 100, earned 100%. earned this spot at being the starter, being the starter, and he because he was the backup. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- this isn't To where they didn't know what they were doing. They weren't sure who who to start. At you know, anyways. But any thoughts though on Harris coming? Because you know we hear the whole thing where he went to the states, and I'm just I'm just gonna say this and put it out there, and I'm, I'm gonna leave it as such. Where you know th- there was a potential issue. I don't know why it becomes so politicized. I understand that that we want to know what status is, considering that the Alouettes are one of the top teams that seem to be the top teams in the league, where. You know, the, the vaccination rate is one of the highest in the league. And, and and coming from a team in Edmonton, which, as everybody remembers, you had, what, 14, 15, 16, 17 players that had COVID. You know, the whole question about was he vaccinated, it came out, it, you know, John Lube reported today that, no, he didn't get it, but something changed his mind when he went on the bye week in the States. He said he needed to do what he wanted to do. I understand and all that's what it is, but I'm just going to say I'm I'm skept, still skeptical. I understand it's your choice to get it done or not, but with these days, businesses are asking it to be done. Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there. But it's what were your, what were your initial thoughts when you heard this that we had uh, had acquired Trevor Harris? Well, my concern uh, among many is the fact that. As you said, this is Matthew Schultz's team now. Uh, I understand you don't want to go into the playoffs without, you know, to not have a, an experienced quarterback for, for the playoff run is definitely a concern. I mean, Matthew Schultz is definitely an experienced CFL quarterback. Shea Patterson is not. Uh, so to be able to have, uh, knowing full well, too, that it, it's there is very much a, a possibility that we don't see Vernon Adams again for the rest of this season. 
that's tough. That, that's a very bitter and tough pill to swallow. Right. So I understand why Danny Machocha felt like he had to make a move. He had to bring in an experienced CFL quarterback, even as sort of an insurance policy. And that's how I look at Trevor Harris is a very expensive insurance policy because it cost us Antonio Simmons, who I still believe can be a force. I mean, this season he's kind of, He's been dealing with injury issues, so he hasn't exactly been able to be the dominant force that he was in 2019. But, I mean, to me, that's a blip on the radar as far as I'm concerned. I fully expect him, once if he's healthy, and once he gets healthy again, I expect him to become one of those dominant defensive players that we, we like to see in the Canadian Football League. So to give that up, essentially for what could very well be a rental, makes me concerned. I I get it. You you want to make sure you have an experienced quarterback at all times, you know, I don't think Matthew Schultz is going to lose his starting position on anything other than injury. The only way I see Trevor Harris going, going into a game would be because Schultz is injured. Right. Uh, at least I want to believe that. I, I, my concern is, God forbid, if Matthew Schultz just falters a little bit, then everybody's going to be panicking. Oh, my God, you got to put Trevor Harris in. You got to put him in. He knows how to win, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, no, I'm sorry. Like. Trevor Harris is a good quarterback. I will not take that away from him. He does have two Grey Cup rings. However, he had no part in those winning those Grey Cup games other than the fact that he was on the roster and dressed to play in those games. Right, right, right. To me, like to say that he has Grey Cup experience is a bit of an outlier he, just he, for those reasons. He he has he has Grey Cup rings. It, he has Grey Cup rings. Yeah. That's it. That's fine. Lots of people have Grey Cup rings that didn't necessarily participate in winning said Grey Cup. But I digress. This this notion all of a sudden, though, that this is the missing ingredient. This is the key to ensure that Montreal will compete for and possibly win the Grey Cup is because of Trevor Harris. I don't believe that for a second. I have no doubt he can help the Alouettes. But to think that you you made this move out of panic, out of because you don't have faith in Matthew Schiltz, is complete bullshit. I mean, you saw what Matthew Schultz did this past week alone. It, it was nothing short of incredible. The way he was able to come in when Vernon Adams went down, help engineer the game-winning drive against Ottawa at home, then to go into Ottawa and play the game that he played. It wasn't a perfect game. We get that. But he still did everything that was expected out of him and more. Most importantly, he got the win, yeah. which is Phenomenal. He proved that he can be a winning quarterback in the Canadian Football League, hands down. Don't give me this nonsense. Well, it was against the Red Blacks. So what if it was against the Red Blacks? The end of the day, he had a job to do. He went out, he did his job, and he did it very well. Now, if Trevor Harris can come in here and help this team, that's great. But to anoint him as the starter, to put him into the lineup, to, you know, all this other nonsense, when quite frankly, he was a healthy scratch in the last Edmonton Elks game. And to me, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss of words when people start making him out to be like the missing ingredient for the Alouette's Great Cup run. That's not the case. I mean, yes, having an experienced quarterback is important, but having Trevor Harris doesn't equate automatic success. The Alouette's were successful without Trevor Harris. If anything beating Trevor Harris that first game <laughs> kind of helped lead the Alouettes to the path to where they are on right now. Like, 
and the, again, my concern also too is, he, you know, he's comes with a very high price tag. I mean, if the Alouettes, Gee, he, but, yeah, and I'm still, I'm still trying to trying to see if I can. And now it wasn't mentioned in the press release, and obviously the CFL never happens to mention. Uh, only at major, I think only at major league baseball actually does this. I'm curious to know how much of the uh, of his salary the Owls would be paying on this. Was it just a straight up one for one trade? Because how much was Simmons being paid? I don't think it was not nearly as much as what Trevor Harris was being paid. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no kidding. You know, Trevor Harris is one of the top ten paid quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to know how much how much of his salary. Uh, I get yes, mind you, it's prorated, and yes, where we are, where we are. But how much of that is Edmonton going to be paying some of that? Are we paying all of it through the rest of 2021? See, this is a good question. I think uh, which you, I can't absor- get the answer for. Right, because I mean, anything financial is always. Well, no, no. Uh, Even the people that I that I uh, that I frequent, I I can't get any answers. Or nobody's nobody knows, or nobody's making the nobody. You know. it. Yeah, there's a cone of silence, and that's typical. I mean, when it comes to things of this nature, but uh, I mean, again, once the season's over, the Alouettes are going to have to make a very big decision. Mm-hmm. Do you keep Trevor Harris and that high price tag, knowing that you have Vernon Adams? You have Matthew Shields, who again doesn't cost nearly as much, but I mean, now now the question becomes: Do you keep VA or do you get rid of Harris? So, in which case, as, as I said, he just becomes a very expensive rental player. Yeah, because but you that, can cut that's, him. That's sort of like what they do. You, you, we've had there are hired guns in Major League Baseball, Cliff. I mean, the Jays did it. The Jays even did it during their their runs for the World Series back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the trading deadline's for. To bring in, to bring the players that you, that are the contenders, and the and then the pretenders get something to hopefully allow them to become a pretend uh, uh, a contender in years, mm-hmm. yeah, in future years. Yes. Uh, what I also take umbrage with is the fact that he's being compared to Zach Caleros again. Like the fact, in the sense that oh he, Jesus, I've seen that too. It's like oh, I, I roll my eyes so hard. I mean, when you I talk really about hired guns, I think I've had, to, I've had to, I've had to find, go look. You know, my eyes have popped out of my head, and I've had to find them before the cat, my cat, starts to try to play with them. <laughs> I mean, he's like, come on. Yeah, no, because again, uh, no, it, it's not even close to an app comparison by any stretch. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It, 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 it's really not. I mean, I'm just, I'm baffled at this. Like. Other than the fact that, yes, it was, you know, clo- we're close to the trade deadline for the CFL and the Alouettes make a move, bring in a quarterback that, you know, has had some hardships, but then all of a sudden finds his form at the best possible time. And who knows if Trevor Harris does actually get into the lineup and plays and he does outstanding. Sure. It, it makes for a good story. It means the Alouettes are winning, which is always a good thing. But mm-hmm. this this notion that you expect him to become just like Zach Claros or any of these other hired guns, I mean, Everything, uh, all all of this does is just undermine everything that Matthew Schultz has done for this team, which is to me extremely disrespectful. Yeah, it undermines what Vernon Adams has done for this team before he went down to injury, which is again also disrespectful. To 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 anoint this guy as a savior is ridiculous, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I'm definitely curious to see what he can do. If and he he says he's ready to help out the team no matter what, if, if that means being in a backup role. If he really is truly that insurance policy that if you know Matthew Schultz gets hurt, he can step in and and do the job. Okay. I mean that that's fine. 
I mean, there there was also concerns too uh, until recently about his vaccination status. Yep. Um, Which, I as, mean, as I mentioned before, I'm I'm still I'm sorry I'm I'm still questionable of it too, even though it's come out what it did. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Well, I'm, and, I'm trying to get off that. I'm trying to get off that because yes, I understand. Anyways, continue. <laughs> well, it, and again, my my understanding is that one of the conditions Machocha had said was that Harris has to be vaccinated. So if that was the case, and Listen, I'll, I'll take it at that. You know, if he is vaccinated, then fine. That's great. Because, again, my concern, too, knowing that he wasn't vaccinated was, OK, the Yellowheads have one more road game in Winnipeg to play. What if we're in a scenario where both Shields and Shea Patterson are injured and you need your you need a quarterback? Yeah. And your unvaccinated quarterback can't fly with the team, can't travel with the team. That's a hell of a long drive from you, Montreal to Winnipeg. I'm glad you brought that up because that, that, was, that was part of the big news announced today. And what's funny is that former, and he was, former Alouette's running back James Wilder went off on Twitter. And people went off on him. As they should. I mean, you know, like again, he, he's entitled to his viewpoint. And maybe the fact that he's playing for Edmonton, who has no hope in hell of making the playoffs, uh, that could be also a deciding factor as well. But, uh, you know, like, I, I don't blame people for being upset with uh, him coming out and saying what he said and, you know, almost seeming to be proud of the fact that he's not vaccinated. I mean, OK, you know, if that's your stance and that's fine, you're you're certainly entitled to it. It's uh, but again, it just it really makes me wonder, especially too. like he had actually James Wilder actually posted a very glowing, you know, tweet about, uh, you know, how, how, you know, he wanted to play for Trevor Harris. That was the reason why he signed in Edmonton, because he was a leader and all this stuff like just so much glowing stuff as Trevor Harris was leaving for Montreal that uh, Wilder posted this. The fact that, you know, now we find out that he's unvaccinated and. Harris is just recently vaccinated, as well as Brock Sunderland, the general manager for the Edmonton Elks, is not vaccinated either. There seems to be a – it really makes you wonder what the hell's going on in Edmonton. And yeah. that's why part of me wants to give Trevor Harris the benefit of the doubt as far as how much of Edmonton's current woes are on him and how much of it is just the fact that, quite frankly, they're – it's a tire fire over there. It's been all season, just one thing after another when it comes to the Edmonton Elks. So maybe it's just a matter of now that he's going to be in a different environment and an environment that is, as far as I'm concerned, focused on winning. How is he going to be able to contribute to that? How What is Trevor Harris going to be able to bring that is going to help Montreal stay the course to where they are now, where they have found they've found success. They've won three games in a row. Uh, looking for their fourth win in a row against, uh, or looking for their fourth win in a row this season, which is absolutely remarkable considering how things have been. Even just a month ago, it wasn't looking all that great. But then Montreal turned things around and they want to keep the momentum going. How is Trevor Harris going to be able to help this team going forward in that? Yeah. That's what I'm concerned or curious about. And cons- like I said, I had those concerns regarding his vaccination status, which has now been addressed. Now it's just a matter of. Is he willing, truly willing to just be that supporting role to help Matthew Schiltz? Or is he looking out for himself and wanting to become that guy to prove that he can be that starter? Right. That 
he's tried to become for many years, but still can't quite get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm just trying to think of the history, and then as we've been talking, I've been I've been looking at basically the history of the Alouettes trading for other quarterbacks during the regular season. And I think, I think, uh, and I, I've already reached out to Steve Daniel about this. I was curious to know what, what Montreal's history was with trading for quarterbacks in season. Uh, well, let's not forget Kevin Glenn was uh, was a, a late uh, season pickup back in 2016, I believe it was. Oh, there we go. That was. That's the one that I was forgetting. I, I forgot about Glenn. And he nearly helped to get the Alouettes to the, uh, into the playoffs, but uh, ultimately fell short. Uh, Kevin, technically the trick Kevin Moss 2007 I just looked it up now Jason Moss sorry Jason Moss not the football not the baseball player <laughs> Jason Moss yeah, yeah Jason Moss yeah uh, do, we, do we count uh, trading for the rights for Vernon Adams just before training camp does that count as in season not quite uh... no no, no? Okay. no but the, <laughs> these are guys that were and I'm not saying that Vernon hasn't made a name for himself now but these are guys who, who were names mm-hmm. so I mean, it, now, mind it's, you, it's all, now mind you, Moss was coming from Hamilton at the time, and this is after AC got hurt. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Jesus, Kevin Moss, uh, <laughs> Kevin Moss, good lord, this is your first podcast. No, <laughs> first baseball one, maybe. Maybe <laughs> is that what we're pivoting towards now? Is not the the the, tre- the the trend now is to pivot towards things something. <laughs> Something, but yeah, um, I'm just going to go back to what I said before. I mean, yes, there are some still some issues, but this is it's funny. In years past, we, you and I may and Alice fans may have been worried more. I was never worried, knowing that that Schiltz was coming in as backup. That they mm-hmm. had to trade for one to come in as a as a backup quarterback in order to start right away. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I what I th- was thinking about too also was when I think back to Schultz's two other starts. I don't know if you remember them, but the, his first career start was the last season, the the last game of the season versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Hamilton. I think it was twenty seventeen, and. The Alouettes got walloped. I think it was 33 to nothing. And it wasn't necessarily on Schultz. It was just the fact that it was just, you know, everything about the, the, the Alouettes organization was just, you know, a mess, a, a, a pure hot mess. And that, yeah. that wasn't on Schultz. And then his second start, 2019, in BC against the Lions. He damn near won that game. And if it wasn't for Antonio Pipkin screwing up the, uh, the third and one, and, and you know, basically, in, uh, no, it wasn't an interception. He fumbled the ball, allowing BC to recover and essentially win the game. Mm-hmm. That's not on Schiltz. No, it's it's you know he he really hasn't been given too many opportunities to drive the car. When he has, he's played he's played well, but just couldn't quite get over the hump. This was the first I felt opportunity for him to truly prove what he can do, and he did it. So I mean. And then to find out 24 hours later, you went and traded for Trevor Harris. As I said, like to me, that that just felt like it just took everything that Schiltzie did 
and flushed it down the toilet. I'm curious to know what the conversation was after it happened with with. It's one thing; it's not really our place now to ask Schiltz, especially during the season, you know, because we're there to support him. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to know what was said to him. What finally changed Danny's mind to make this play? Knowing that it's very possible with his salary, we're not going to be, we probably won't keep him. I, I'd be floored, quite frankly, because again, you've got VA, you've got Harris, who are making similar money. Like, by the way, both didn't making... Harris say, by the way, just to, sorry to interrupt you, didn't, didn't he also, I think it was also reported that he almost came to Montreal in free agency, it was in 2016? I think yeah. I read. Yeah, he had that converse, conversation, I believe, uh, in 2016, they, uh, They'd inquired about him. Yeah. So. And then it was ultimately Ottawa that swooped in and, uh, and nabbed him. Yep. So and, I, he did, and he did a, a fine job backing up Henry Burris, yeah. able to win the Grey Cup that yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. But it, uh, ever, know, ever funny, since then. This, this is so similar. Now, mind you, the Owls didn't trade for somebody when AD Mack played. You know, AD Mac again. I mentioned a couple. I think a couple episodes ago, how similarities are almost identical. You know, with the amount of years being a backup. So, yeah, he, I'm he wasn't hoping, given the. I, I'm hoping this he, is done right, Cliff. So far, it looks like it is. So far. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Kahari realizes what he has with Matthew Shields as well. Like, and the fact that. Schultz was able to step into what is essentially Vernon Adams offense, like an offense built for Vernon Adams and still work it. Not 100%, but still, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he still were able to work it <laughs> and make it his own at the same time, which to me is incredible. I mean, that, that just speaks to the hard work that Schultz puts in every year. Yeah. And we've seen it. We've seen every, and we've been waiting for him to get his opportunity. And we knew like, just give this guy a chance. He, he can do it. He yeah. can do the job. Yeah. And now we're seeing it. And if he go like, again, I fully expect him to go into this game on Friday against the Argos. And I'm not going to guarantee a win or, or anything like that, but I expect Matthew Schultz to do exactly what he did against Ottawa. Just go in there and work your plan. Yep. And I'm, I'm fairly confident he's going to come back out. He's going to come out of it a winner no matter what. But I mean, my, as I said, the only concern I have though is now his mindset as far as, okay, well, my team says they believe in me. They, they've given me a chance to prove myself, but now they went ahead and got this dude who, you know, has won great cups. He's, uh, you know, been a starting quarterback, is being paid like a starting quarterback. Uh, what am I supposed to make of this? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, agree. I, I, I definitely think though that there's a big part of me that welcomes that competition from him. Like, that's just the kind of, mentality that he has is that he i think part of matthew shields is welcoming this like okay fine you want me to prove myself again i'll do it and i'm fairly confident tim that he's going to go out on friday and he's going to ball out because we expect him to do that we expect him to be the leader now this this is his team now for the time being this is his team and i will say the only way truly that i expect to see trevor harris in the lineup is if Matthew Shields gets hurt. Yeah. Simple as that. Who Who is it that said that the Owls were just worried? I, I remember hearing it. I remember, because I, I heard it a couple of times. 
that it seemed like every play on Saturday, Al's fans were just hoping that Schultz wasn't going to get hurt. You know, he's waiting for that next play for and for him to go. Where did I hear that? Because I heard it, and obviously it's stuck in my head. Mm. Anyways, Chelsea, we're behind you, buddy, for sure, for sure. One hundred percent. I mean, we've 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 had Matthew on the show. You know, he's just an absolutely great guy. I mean, on and off the field, he's just a class act. One hundred percent. You you've heard it in the interviews we've had with him. We've had numerous encounters with him. I mean, just like I said, absolutely good dude. On and off the field. There's no question in my mind. Like, this is his team now. Like, he's not just keeping it warm for Vernon Adams. This is very much his team as well. That's right. And, you know, if if Trevor Harris can come in and help this team, I am all for that. Make no mistake. I want this Alouette's team to win, whether Trevor Harris is quarterback or not. But yeah. as far as I'm concerned, this is very much Matthew Schultz's team. And you're pretty much going to have to take it from his cold, dead hands, as far as I'm concerned. And, and by the way, you, we talked about it. Finally, came to me. I'd forgotten. You know why? Now I remember. Now that you mentioned about, uh, I don't know, I'm backtracking you about about Kevin Glenn. He became mm-hmm. the first quarterback in CFL history to start against the same team in consecutive weeks for two different teams. That's right. That's right. He did that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, quickly. Go over some of the transactions with quite a few. I thought what's funny, by the way, is that, you know, we pick up another quarterback on Sunday and then the Owls pick up another one on Sun- uh, on Monday. Do we know anything <laughs> about Austin Simmons? He's a he's a quarterback out of South Dakota. I honestly don't. Uh, he's not been in camp for this, has he? No. No, uh, it was uh, Dormandy who had been in camp before with the uh, with the Alouettes. Okay. And he also, too, was added to the practice roster. Yep. Also, DeAndre Wright was released. DeAndre Wright, yeah. He never never got a chance to even get dressed for a game, which is unfortunate because, I, especially, too, with, with the issues that have been going on in the secondary, I definitely think DeAndre is definitely that guy that can come in and help contribute to this team. But I guess uh, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out, uh, you know, as far as uh, getting a chance to come in and play. But... Uh, it's unfortunate because I mean, I'm still very much a big fan of what he can do, and uh, I still think he can definitely help contribute to a team. I mean, he's won a great cup ring, too. So, yeah. I mean, why you wouldn't have given him a chance, I, I don't know. But I guess the coaching staff can answer that question better than I could ever hope to. Yeah. yeah. Austin Simmons, seemed, he looked like he was in camp with another team because his picture currently on the CFL website, it looks to be in a Tiger Cats uniform. Could, could very well I, I be. Could so. be wrong, but I don't see. Well, I, unless South Dakota wears black and yellow. I doubt. Which, well, I doubt they have the CFL logo on their collar. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I guess that answers the question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, um, as I said, uh, was it? I can't even pronounce it. Who was the one that was also added on? On the 19th. Manasse, yeah, Manessa Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, wide receiver from Morgan State. Yeah. And dude clocked, I think, 439. Yes, I heard about prime. that. Crazy. That's crazy so, stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's got some wheels. So, uh, again, with uh, Mario Alford uh, still on the six-game injured list, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm wondering now, too, like, considering Darius Pickett has not really – done a whole heck of a lot as far as returns go no uh greg reed's been okay but you, you still want someone with that burst someone with that speed even Quan bray has tried some i think on on returns too 
he has. And again, these guys have done okay, but not outstanding. Like I said, certainly not compared to Mario Alford. So, I mean, you know, not having him in the lineup is definitely tough. So I'm, I'm wondering if this may be that uh, secret weapon that the Elwoods are going to bust out maybe towards the end of the season. Yeah. Once, okay. uh, once he gets in and gets the playbook down, yeah. uh, get someone with that kind of speed in, in the lineup. Very possible. Very could be possible. Fun. Could uh, be fun. Okay. Here's the interesting stuff now. Obviously, we got the Toronto game coming up on Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. Huge matchup. Uh, could it, you know, it's, 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 it is essentially a, a game for first place. And as you and I both know, Cliff, there the Owls and games for first place have not gone so well in the recent future. Um, what right now frustrates me and what concerns me the most at the moment is the injury report. As everybody knows, William Stanbeck was was you know he was a scratch because of food poisoning. Mm-hmm. Then it comes a then Cameron Artis Payne yesterday showed up as being a first with an illness also and did not participate. And it was announced today that Cameron Artis Payne will not be playing for the Alouettes. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. You know William Stanbeck seems to be back back to normal. He's at full participation. Mm-hmm. But Cliff, there's more. Not only do we have Cameron Artis Payne out for illness and not participating, but we also have Tony Washington, Deshwan Antwi, and Chris Aki also listed as illness and not participating. Mm-hmm. As I put on social media, WTF, yes, it could be just a cold, could be a stomach bug, it could be something, but it could be also be COVID, but we would have to be told. Well, they, that's they would it. have to be put into COVID protocol. Exactly. Okay. Did Stamick really have food poisoning or did he actually have a stomach bug? Because I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think you'd have three other players. You know, a linebacker, a Ryan back, and an O-lineman, and another running back, you know, with Cam- Cameron Harris Payne, getting sick. It has to be more than food poisoning unless they all ate at the same place and they all all affected them after the fact. But it only happened later on in the week, though. That's the thing. Right, right. So it's – on the surface, I can see why this doesn't pass the smell test. Uh uh, uh, My hope is that this really is just like, you know – I mean, it's change of weather. I mean, like, you know, people are, are people still get colds. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be COVID. I know things have, like, the number of ca- cases of flus and, and colds have gone down considerably because people are washing their hands and wearing masks and, you know, making sure not to spread germs. So you're not seeing, you, until recently, you weren't seeing too many cases of, like, the flu and that. So it's very possible that this could, that could very well be just, you know, that's all it is, is just a, flu or a cold that's going around i sincerely hope that's all it is I yeah mean, but i mean it's it's definitely weird i mean it's definitely especially like i said after as you said after william Stanback goes down with food poisoning and now other people are down with illness i mean like i mean food poisoning i believe is not contagious but uh yeah it's i mean on the surface you're 100 right it definitely looks bizarre uh-huh yeah and and god for <laughs> God forbid, like, okay, we got stand back back in the lineup on Friday, but no Cameron Artis Payne, and, well, I guess we'll see what happens with uh, Jeshurun Antwi. Uh, 
Does this mean now the Alouettes lean more on the fullbacks to act as running backs? Yeah. Guys like Alexander Gagne and uh, Christophe Normand could be, could very well be. We we may start seeing some uh, tight end formations because uh, that's how you get these guys into the game if they're not going to be running backs. So we'll definitely make things a little bit interesting. Very uh, much so. Positive uh, note, though, and I think it was think it was announced today. I think I read in the French media. Uh, Marc Antoine Dupuy, the sorry, Dupuy is going to be starting. Yes, very exciting because. Uh, Actually, it's funny. We saw his last game, that, that first game against Ottawa at TD Place. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he, he was there, and that's unfortunately where he got injured, and we haven't seen him since. So uh, hopefully we're not the bad luck charm for Marc-Antoine because uh, dude's a heck of a player. I mean, like he, he was definitely doing very good things at the uh, free safety position. Uh, so now the question becomes, what do we do with uh, Ty Cranston, because he's been filling in the role very nicely, I, I might add. I mean, not not perfect, because as I said, the secondary as a whole has been a lot of hit and miss for mm-hmm. for, for the, the past few games. But uh, maybe with uh, Decoy in there, you you, you switch uh, Cranston over into uh, into the boundary for uh, you know as a halfback or uh, or even a corner. But mm-hmm. uh, you know. I guess we'll uh, guess we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm I'm hoping now with Decoy back in the lineup that'll help settle things down a little bit more. Uh, also, Jean Samuel Blanc is also coming off. Have we heard anything about him? Is he is he or is he going to be a backup? Well, he's he's a perennial special teamer okay. more than anything else. I mean, he too could probably get in uh, like on the defensive line. So I could definitely see him in there. Uh, I know he's listed as a linebacker, but he has played primarily yeah. on the defensive line. Yeah. Uh, to me, though, I think it's just more about uh, being him being a contributor on special teams. I think that's where uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of him if he does actually dress uh, for Friday's game. Yep. And then an interesting one that popped up just today is BJ Cunningham. Yep. Limited, Which is, limited to participation with a finger. Yeah, so uh, like I said, hopefully that's just a, a very minor thing because, I mean, he's been catching some pretty good passes off Schultz. So I don't know if maybe Schultz is putting a little too much mustard on those passes, but uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, ah, dang. Like just, you know, sometimes you, you catch a, just, you know, you just catch the corner of your finger and it just kind of bends the wrong way for a little bit. And it's like, oh, not fun. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that's all it is. I hope it's just a minor thing because, I mean, when BJ is healthy and ready to go, I mean, like he's been a, a very solid contributor for the past few years, especially this season too. He's he's made some outstanding catches of his own. So I mean, you know, this is the opportunity for for him to stay in the lineup and you know really help out a guy like Matthew Schultz in order to you know put points on the board. Exactly. Thoughts on the, on this on this game? At least right now, Toronto is a one point favorite on the road. Um. The Owls have split the last 10 at home versus the Argos, mm-hmm. but have won three of the last four. Well, and we know, it was, and we know it's going to be Macbeth starting. And Macbeth did have a pretty good game versus the Alouettes the last time they played. He sure did. He's never had a good game at Percival Molson Stadium, though. So if... You know, history tells us something that could be uh, that could be good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still not going to discount him because I, I definitely know he's a he's a hell, he's a gamer for sure. Like he he really made that uh, Alouette's secondary look foolish uh, at BMO Field a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, also, too, uh, Hinak Mwamba is expected to be back in the lineup, so this will be his first game back uh, since uh, leaving Montreal. Yep. Yep. 
and he's always a threat. You know that. I Yes, I do. And I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be extra motivated to go back to his old stomping grounds and, you know, remind the Alouettes of who he is. So I, I can't say I'm looking forward to seeing him. I mean, I'm always happy to see Henock play, play but uh, in this instance, I wouldn't have been too upset if he didn't make the trip to Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, realistically, though, it's going to come down to, uh, I, I think what we saw last game was the way that uh, McClub Bethel Thompson was able to spread the ball around. Yeah. He got, like, even though he had a bunch of no-name receivers in the lineup, he still made it work. And really took advantage of the fact that Montreal secondary just was absolutely awful at tackling. Yeah. They couldn't stop these guys for, for love nor money. And they, you know, the Argos took advantage of the fact that, you know, Vernon Adams was playing a little bit hurt, but at the same time, like he was just making terrible reads. And I think they're hoping that Matthew Schultz does the exact same thing, which personally, I don't see happen. Like just based on what we saw against Ottawa, I think Maddie saw the field, very well. Uh, he was able to spread the ball around to the receivers. I, I expect him, like, once again, to lean on his running back. This time it's going to be William Stanback, and I think Stanback is going to reclaim his throne as far as you know the the court the the running back for the Alouettes, mm-hmm. and also pad his stats a little bit too, and you know make sure that he stays uh, as one of the top rushers of the, the the Canadian Football League. People need to remember too the last time these that that Stanback played against Toronto. 19 rushes, 133 yards, and a 7.0 average. There you go. So, actually, Vernon went off on the, Vernon went off in that game too. <laughs> 382 yards. No, and uh, no, I, I definitely think it's going to be a very competitive game. I mean, I'm not going to go out and say that the Alouettes are going to win easily. No, they may not even win at all. But right. I think that it'll definitely be a very Tightly contested contest. I, I think it'll be a, a high-scoring affair, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun, too, to be honest with you. This is a game, again, this is one of those games that the Owls, in my opinion, have to win. Mm-hmm. They have been so—I I, I would love to go and go back and see what the Alouette's record is in games where they could potentially take first place— or tie for first place based off of a single game versus the first place team at that time. Again, as I said before, the Owls really do not have a good record, in my opinion. I don't think they have a good record recently. The, the games that they just let them, you know, they just haven't seemed to show up. This is the game. In order for the Alouettes, if they have any chance, based on their current schedule that they have left in the season, any potential chance at winning the East, they have to win this game. They have to win this game. Because yeah. if not, then they've lost a season series to Toronto. And they will be two games back with Saskatchewan and Winnipeg coming up over the next three weeks. Right. And Saskatchewan, they, they're kind of reeling right now. They've, uh, they're have they playing Calgary again on Saturday, who they've lost the last two games to. Or was on the yeah was the last two games or something like that. Well, they lost two games to Calgary in any any event, and then you know we'll see what happens in this third game. But uh, now, now mind you, this is Saskatchewan going to Montreal. Could be a different story there, but they're they're kind of uh, reeling a little bit. As I said, Winnipeg could pretty much have this whole thing sewn up uh, with a win on uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
at, in which case they'd have to look at resting some starters. But they've also made some big moves as well. They finally got their kicking game sorted out. Uh, they've also added a couple of uh, key pieces from uh, from the past. Uh, I mean, they're they're loading up for the playoffs as well. So I mean, I expect them to be benching a, a couple of their starters, perhaps, just to make sure nobody gets hurt. So I don't know what kind of an effort level they'll have, but the, that doesn't mean that they're going to be gimme games either against the Alouettes. So I mean, Montreal essentially Montreal's going to have to work for these wins. Oh all yeah, of them. yeah. But we again don't look ahead. It would be nice to 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 be in a virtual tie or in 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 first place by themselves if they can win by more than three points. Exactly, and I think that was the thing. Like the first time they played the Argos, I really got the impression, just like against Calgary, they looked past them. They they saw okay, they, Nick Arbuckle didn't play, a whole bunch of their receivers didn't play, a whole bunch of their defensive stars didn't play. They thought that this game was a gimme. And it was anything but. I mean, they had to scratch and claw and fight their way just to barely lose. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. They could have won that game, and they didn't. And I think that's going to be in the, in the back of their mind, too. I really think that Kahari has to have gotten the guys to realize, like, we, sh- we should have beat these guys a long time ago. We can beat them. We can hang with these guys, and we can beat them. Like, he's got to have their minds thinking about that. Not thinking about Saskatchewan, not thinking about Winnipeg or even that last game against Ottawa, which could very well be a, a guaranteed win. But you got, you got to take things one game at a time. And I think, I truly think that Kahari is going to have the guys focused 100% on Toronto and just getting through Toronto first before thinking about anything else, before thinking about you know where your standings are, who's the starting quarterback going to be, all that other stuff. Put it out of your mind. Just focus right now on the one thing that's important, which is playing Toronto and beating Toronto. Uh-huh. They yeah. do that. Not only will they have a share of first place, but depending on how many points they win by, they'll be that much more dominant yeah. as a result, as, as far as like their, their, their hold of first place. So, I mean, this is definitely a huge game right now for the Alouettes. They definitely have to go in there with that mindset that they're going to win and they're going to win handily. They've got to go in there with a game plan to ensure that they walk out a personal Molson stadium with the W. Yeah. It's simple as that. Yep. We need a, we need a game overall. And my hope is when we see the injury report for tomorrow, that this flu bug or whatever it is, is not spread. Here's hoping. (laughs) Here's hoping. Fingers crossed. Lots of, uh, Neo Citroen, lots of Advil, you know, get your rest, uh, you know, you know what? Lots, I, lots I, I'm going to say this now, and this is not COVID related. This is not COVID related in any way. Your teammate is sick, and you're going to be around them. Wear a mask. We saw last year how well uh, why influenza was down last year. Mm-hmm. They, you know, so that, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But I'm just hoping. I'm hoping that it doesn't expand. Oh, I hope it doesn't expand. And seriously, if there's a company in Montreal that does chicken soup. Make sure you make a batch and send it to the LOS just as a precautionary measure. <laughs> you, you can't be too careful nowadays, you know? Electrolytes. Exactly. All the Gatorade, all the, you know, you know, chicken soup, anything, whatever it takes to, you know, get these guys back in, in 100% healthy condition. This is what we got to do. As far as I'm concerned, that's, that's key is to be healthy, be safe, and just, you know, work your plan against the Argonauts. Exactly. Hey, we appreciate you guys for being with us this week. It's uh, Cliff and I really have a lot, a lot to talk about, and it, it, 
you know, for us to be going on for for as long as we have this episode, it's it, it, especially without an interview. We really appreciate your time and and uh, hope you enjoy what we hope you enjoy the content that we put out every week. So, um, again, if you have any questions, you know, just just you know, shout out to us on social media. We'll be great and 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 we'll be happy to talk with you guys. Um, and and by all means, if you can come to the game on Friday, come to the game. I don't care how cold it's going to be. Yeah, guess what. We're we're in the fall now, folks. This is football weather. So, bring if if bring a coat, bring a tube, whatever you have to do, just come out and support this team because look what they've done. Look what they've done this season. I mean, it, it's 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 remarkable how this team has not only survived but they've thrived. I mean, they're a three game winning streak. They're fighting for first place. I mean, what more do you want? Come out and support your team, folks. I mean, that's. That's not too much to ask as far as I'm concerned. You know, you got to wear a mask, bring your vaccine passport, bring your woolies, you know, whatever it takes for you to get into personal Molson Stadium on Friday. If you can, by all means, do it. <laughs> your woolies, I love it, dude. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, yeah, the summer is over. It sucks, but I mean, this is football weather, folks. For the first you know? time, you actually may see Cliffy and I, if you're looking for us at the game, both of us may be breaking out our uh, our throwback Delta, our Delta jackets. So, uh. Nothing like satin, satin Delta logos and Alouette's football, baby. Listen, it, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. <laughs> got to stay warm, first and foremost. Exactly. But if it be stylish at the same time. I am not spooning with you. I am so sorry. We'll see. <laughs> we appreciate you guys for staying with us this week. And uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with some positive news and talk about the first place Montreal Alouettes. But uh, for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. It's <laughs> booting. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs>